0: This is the Global Digest. Welcome to the show today, um, where, of course, we have myself, Laban Wanambisi, and, of course, Davis Sayega, and Irene Mwangi. And today we are dealing with a very um, topical issue um, that has been been here um, with us today. And one of the things that um, we are talking about is, of course, the issue to do with um, The issue to do with uh, the National Health um, Insurance Fund, the National Social Health Insurance Fund. Um, And we are, of course, having a guest um, on our show today. And one of the things that we'll be doing is trying to get to understand what this this, um, facility is all about. And probably, Davis, you can guide us into this conversation.
1: I think before we start having this conversation about the new Social Health Insurance Fund, we'll get to maybe our guest to introduce herself as we begin the show.
2: Okay, thank you so much, Laban and Davis and Irene. Uh, My name is Dr. Elizabeth Wangia. I'm from the Ministry of Health, the head of health financing at the State Department for Medical Services
1: I think before we kickstart this conversation, NHIF, uh, the National Health Insurance Fund, has been operation has been in operation for, is it fifty seven or sixty years thereabout, and uh, despite its enormous challenges, it has served Kenyans quite well. But when this regime came into power, it introduced the Social Health Insurance Fund, uh, uh, making the NHIF uh, doing away with NHIF in its entirety. So the first question will be, what really prompted this new regime to come up with this new fund known as the Social Health Insurance Fund, Daktari?
2: So thank you so much uh, for that question. As you've correctly said, NHIF has been with us since the 1960s and has served Kenyans uh, in different capacities. Uh, However, and to be specific, um, a lot of challenges uh, were there within NHIF, and reforms uh, were proposed. Quite a number of reforms actually took place. Uh, you remember from a while ago, uh, just a bit of history. NHIF only used to cover the formal sector, only those people in employment. Then it opened up even to those in the informal sector. Um, previously, you could, you as you know very well, also it used to cover only say the bed charges. But slowly by slowly, you saw the package increasing. Uh, It could cover even for dialysis, cancers, and all that. So I would want to admit that um, a lot of changes have happened with NHIF, Mm -hmm. but um, based on some assessment by uh, some technical um, advisors and, um, you know, professionals, uh, they are needed to be Uh, Re engineering of the entire organization. And as even if I can just uh, give an example as a computer, uh, we no longer use the Pentiums. It reaches a point when you really just need to make a decision to get a new one. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's where we are. Uh, Some structural changes really needed an an overhaul uh, for this social health insurance to actually serve the people uh, adequately.
0: So one of the questions I think that keeps coming up, and I don't know if at the the ministry you keep getting it, is so why didn't what what is the point of having this new creature coming in as chief? Why not just upgrade NHIF?
2: Yes, uh, one major thing that was um, I would say uh, against NHIF is they were the judge. I would say the jury, the bench. The prosecutor, they were everything. Mm-hmm. So we really needed to separate, to see how to separate these roles, uh, for the sake of the organisation to work optimally. For instance, um, as an organisation, they are the same organisation who could like accredit health facilities and say that you are the right facility to bring on board, um, uh, based on whatever you have, you know, the services you offer. Once you offer the service. Uh, they are the same ones who do the claims. If you have an issue, they are the same ones who look at how to solve the issue, and of course, decide on your fate. So that is one major thing that we see different uh, when it comes to the Social Health o- Authority. We are saying within the Social Health Authority, there'll be separation of functions for the sake of proper governance. Mm-hmm. So that is one strong point uh, that made that brought about this change especially when it comes to NHIF. Then, of course, there were, um, you know, other operational issues that also needed to be addressed. But as you correctly say, uh, probably we could have upgraded, but based on the fact that we really needed to have these functions separated, then uh, there was the need to have a new organization.
0: Okay. Um, You could also help us in trying to understand... um, what more like the elephant in the country, yes. in the sense that there are people who are saying, um, "I can no longer access NHIF. NHIF is is gone." While the other people who are saying, "Oh, I have been asked to register." Where exactly are we? Uh, where are we in this whole conversation? in regards to the new social health insurance fund, is it has it started rolling out? Is it in effect? Is it, uh, is it in, uh, in implementation? Where are we exactly?
1: I think while I did that, d- d- Dr. Ari, you can also talk about this whole issue about the 2.75% that will be uh, removed from the gross salary of salaried employees. I think that's a figure that also many Kenyans are troubled with. As you answer the questions, please.
2: Yes, so uh, according to the uh, Social Health Insurance Act of 2023. It gives clear guidance on how the transition from NHIF to the Social Health Authority will be, and it clearly says that there'll be one year of transition from the appointed day, and the appointed day was 22nd of November. So, from 22nd of November, uh, for one year, there'll be a whole period of of transition. Now, when the act when the act came. To operation, the NHIF Act was automatically repealed. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It means that NHIF, as it is, cannot come into a legal contract with any provider or any entity. However, for those whose um, contracts were still ongoing, they would continue until the end of the contract. Like, for example. Um, We have many other, uh, we have what you call the enhanced schemes. Uh, For example, the civil servant schemes, uh, that one, the contract is ending in June. So as civil servants, they'll still be able to receive their services uh, up to end of June. June. And that is from uh, from, uh, from NHIF. Um, When will the social health authority, uh, you know, I would say starts, so to speak, We have currently drafted the regulations uh, for the Social Health um, uh, Authority or Social Health Insurance Act regulations, uh, and started uh, public participation. So once uh, we are done with the full cycle of public participation, and the acts and the regulation is actually um, we agree upon with the on the regulations, then from there, then we can say we'll start operationalizing. the Social Health Authority. But then this will also have to be gradual. There are some things that may take longer to operationalize, and there are those things that will be instant. Now, uh, the 2.75% is captured within the regulations. It's not within the Mm Act. You know, when the Act was passed, everyone kept on talking of 2.75%. He wanted to know those who who had not read the act are the ones who are very loud on the (laughs) 2.75% before we did the regulations. Uh So um, based on, uh, and we did quite uh, some actuarial analysis together with um, uh, the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics plus our actuaries. And we looked at what will be the possible yield. Because let me just start from the beginning. We developed a package. Mm -hmm. We said, this is what you want to give the Kenyans. This is what you want to give Kenyans in terms of services. Whether it's outpatient services, inpatient services, surgeries, you know, deliveries, CT scans, MRIs, all that. We say that this is the package you want to give Kenyans. And therefore, this is the cost of the package. Mm -hmm. And for us to be able to fund this package, then we need to go back and see how much do we need to collect. We know how many employed people are in this country, there are around three million people employed okay. and it's known very well how much uh, how much they earn. Then we have the informal sector, so we did simulations based on people's levels of income and uh, through studies that have been done even by the bureau uh, they able they have been able to know generally how much uh, Kenyans earn and they were able to categorise Kenyans in what we call percentiles from the first percentile to the hundredth percentile in terms of wealth. And with that, we kept on uh, looking at our end goal. If we are to fund this package, we need an X amount of money. And after doing all those calculations, we actually settled at Mm 2.75%. And uh, the implication of actually reducing, I know there have been a lot of cries that we need to reduce the 2.75%. This 2.75% was calculated based on science. So the only way we can reduce the 2.75% is probably to say, okay, then what benefit can we get out of the package? Because this amount is actually funding a package okay. of health. Yes. So is it
0: possible for someone, for, for instance, for me to have a, a, an opportunity to negotiate what I want in a package, maybe that can can help that figure come down. Is it possible for me to have a customized?
2: No, because this is what you call a social health insurance. So when you look at a social health insurance, you mean uh, it means everyone I- you know it's, it's a cover that caters for everyone alike. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether you are able to afford, it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor, you should be able to. For you should be able to access similar benefits. Mm-hmm. Now, the good thing about uh, the approach we are using right now is that we are saying that these benefits are based on what we call a tariff, which I would I would say is a price. So, for instance, uh, if I If I want to deliver, and we have decided from our estimations and our our costing Mm -hmm. that a a normal delivery, say, is twenty thousand. I'm not saying that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go to, say, Nairobi Hospital, and the charge is the normal delivery is say a hundred thousand. We are saying that we will pay for you that twenty. What from our calculations is worth that amount? Then. For the extra, you could either pay out of pocket, or if you have complementary insurance, you can use that complementary private insurance. Unlike previously, when it was, uh, if you, it was more of the bed charge only, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the main differences that you'll see within the social health authority funds. Okay, before I let
0: Irene come in, on uh, this, there is something I would like a clarification on. When you mentioned that. Um, Civil servants and such people will continue being covered being, ca- being covered until June. Mm-hmm. What happens to someone like me, who's not a civil servant, but my employer pays used to pay through NHIF? D- that legalism mm-hmm. is still a bit confusing to some of us who have heard stories of someone showing up in hospital in January, and when they attempted to produce their NHIF card, they was they were told NHIF you have to pay out of pocket. What happens to someone who's your normal Kenyan?
2: So, as any normal Kenyan, you should continue receiving your services. Especially if you are fully paid up, you should be able to receive services. Mm-hmm. And that should be a guarantee. Uh, because NHIF is still paying the providers. It's still... The contract, so long as a contract is still on, it, the contract is still uh, running. So... Um, if there are such uh cases then uh it's unfortunate because uh then that will I wouldn't put that on the fund maybe that will be from the side of the provider mm-hmm. because from our end these contracts run until the end of uh, uh, until you know we get into the social health you know authority funds um for the civil servants scheme uh, remember civil servants' employer is the public service commission. Mm-hmm. So the Public Service Commission, just just like the way you hear, um, Capital <laughs> has maybe g- decided that as my uh, employees, we need to cover them, you know, give them a private cover. That's the same thing Public Service Commission did as an employer. Mm-hmm. It's an employer to the civil servants. We The civil servants used to get a medical allowance at some point in time a while ago. So that med- medical allowance was withdrawn. And that money consolidated and negotiated with NHIF so that they can get an, an enhanced cover. So that instead of probably getting a cover, um, maybe from somewhere else, then they were able to get the cover. So they had a different cover from what normal other Kenyans, you know, had. So And even us as civil servants, we still have the f- 1700 deduction because we are... Uh, we are we, we are within the um, we are in the formal sector mm-hmm. so we have our 1700 deduction but then from our previous medical allowance this public service so it was to take that up and negotiate for us an uh, additional uh, scheme okay, m-
3: mine is on the insurance health um cover which uh, coverage which um, flopped in the last 5 years during mm-hmm. the regime of president Ka- the former president Huru kenyatta what is it that SHA is bringing in place to ensure that UHC is successful? Because at the time, even as the government pumped money because it was one of the big four, it still ended up flopping. Are we changing NHIF to SHA only because of that transition of the name but you have not cured some of the issues that led to the flop of the UHC? So maybe
2: I could just clarify uh, something on that. The uh, the UH the What we would call the big four agenda uh previously was focusing on um what you call input financing so if you look at those four pilot uh, counties it started off with four pilot counties mm-hmm. machako isiolo nyeri. Uh, nyeri and kisumu mm-hmm. we within those four pilot counties it was said okay so how can we boost the health system how can we make the health system better and with that um Drugs were given to the health facilities. Human resources provided for the health facility. So that if anyone goes to seek service, they can get the drugs and get the human resource. So following that, then uh, the next step was to bring in now what you call output-based financing. Because that was input. Those are just inputs. You're just putting in and in. Uh, So the output-based financing is now what we are calling our insurance. So that when you have your card or whichever way you'll identify yourself, you will get these drugs available. But then during that time, of course, there were quite a number of challenges. Uh, So many people coming to seek care at hospital level because most of the drugs were at hospital level. And that actually informed the the reprioritization of health. Because if you see right now, we are saying, okay, why would we want to invest in higher level facilities at the expense of lower level facilities and that doesn't mean that the higher facilities the the bigger facilities don't need resources uh, what we are saying right now, most of the services that were being sought in hospitals could actually be sought in lower level oh, yeah. facilities, mm-hmm. which are cheaper accessible. Uh, and more accessible yeah so based on those lessons uh most of those lessons were learned uh and they in, so most of the learnt lessons then actually informed our current approach okay yes
3: so wh- why um the other question why are we doing away with the human resource at nhif for them to reapply to join shites it, it has been quite a debate as to uh, why we are getting rid of the experience that of the human resource we had at nhif only for them to reapply afresh will it complicate the transition period why are we doing away with the staff?
2: We are actually not doing away with the staff per se. If you read the Act, the Act, uh, the transition clause talks of three things, and we keep on joking that Mambo ni Matat. Yeah? The first thing, if you are are a staff within NHF, uh, as I said, the new authority will come up with its own structure. We said the authority will be largely digitized. So in the process, of course, there are areas where you may not need a human interface. There are those places you may need human interface. So based on the structure of uh, the authority, once, uh, and we know the transition committee was appointed just a Mm. few days ago, uh, and they will guide and tell us, okay, uh, that this is the Based on uh, the functionality of the social health authority, we need this number of staff. It is obvious that even if you... I, that we won't be able to I, to transition everyone because, of course, given that uh, there'll be those uh, areas where human interface will not be, will not be required. Mm. So we are saying number one, uh, when you do the structure and you are you, we say these are the qualifications required. They will be given priority if you have the papers. Uh, you'll be given priority, the experience, and all that. Uh, number two, if then. It's realized that, okay, this new uh, this new organization doesn't need maybe some of the skills that were already there. Then we can check within government. Is there any institution within government that may require those skills? So they are given that second option. They can be posted to another government entity. I mean, uh, these are parastatos. They are, I mean, semi-autonomous government agencies. You can be sent to another government agency. The third thing is... There are those who may just not want to continue. They say, okay, I think I have even one year to retirement, or okay, maybe I, I want to venture in my own things and my package will be good. So there are those three options. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no one will be really left without um, an, an option. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and we'll really look at, because we, as you correctly say, the human capital is very important. There skills over the years and all that. But then... At the same time, we may need also fresh, fresh skill. Maybe if we realize, okay, with this digitization, we need someone who has done data science or something like that, but we don't have that skill within uh, the current NHIF, then we'll say, okay, this skill we, we can outsource from. Uh, you ca- we can get fresh skill. You spoke of
1: public participation and allow me to take you back. So according to your own projections, when are, th- when are the new rates likely to start taking effect?
2: So we know the this time, um, and I think Labania are the one who correctly said that NHF has been there since for a very long time, and we really need to make the public aware. Probably here in Nairobi we are discussing all this, but Huko machinani? probably they don't know what's happening. So we are saying we need to go till even sub-county level, sensitize the people, tell them that this is, this change is coming. Mm-hmm. And that may take maybe another two two weeks or so, two or three, maybe two or three weeks. Once that is done, then we consolidate all the inputs from all the stakeholders, fr- from public participation. They have, uh, we, we called out for individuals and organizations to send mem- memoranda based on what they have seen within the regulations. Uh, after consolidating that, of course, the next step is... Uh, f- uh, finalizing at the at the le- legislative level uh, and if they find it fit um, based on the inputs and they pass the regulations then there will be nothing stopping us uh, from operationalizing it almost immediately. Mm. So uh, looking at that probably by the end of this month or so we should be done with those processes and uh, hoping that we won't get other court, court uh, cases because uh, I know part of the reason why we actually delayed was in December, or was it November, there was a, a court case against the Act. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if all goes well, then we should be able to implement, say, from from March.
1: President President William Ruto has been very vocal about ensuring that there is quality and affordable health care to the citizenry, and this has been also vocalized by the c s health and uh, Susan Akumincha. in regards to this fund, what are some of the things the ministry and it, and and th- what and the ministry and the government is doing to ensure that there is equity? when it comes to this fund, especially to the people who are in rural areas and the people in the informal sector, like uh, you spoke of earlier a few seconds ago?
2: So uh, one thing... Okay, uh, you you talk about equity then, uh, rural area, but let me let me uh, explain more of about equity because any time you talk about uh, universal health coverage, one of the things you need to think about is equity. And equity you're mainly looking at how do you reach the unreachable, especially looking at the poor, very poor people, uh, the vulnerable population, probably the very elderly or the people with severe disability. You're talking about the orphans or even child-headed households. These are the people we need to target when you're looking at, at equity. And if you look at the Act, it clearly says that for the the government will actually contribute on behalf of these people. So we are getting out, we are intentional in trying to identify who are these um, people who need uh, that support. So that addresses the issue of equity. In terms of quality, uh, we are saying number one thing that uh, that we will do is that only the facilities who are accredited from uh, we say a relevant body and in this case, uh, we know the f- main f- body that has been accrediting the health facility has been the Kenya medical Practitioners and dentist council will be the one to it, it's based on the report from uh this accrediting body that they um that the uh, authority will be able to contract or empanel a facility uh uh, as we speak, we are developing what we call the quality of care authority and that one that one's mandate quality of care author- uh, quality of care bill sorry mm-hmm. so this bill will actually guide when it passes into an act it will regulate the entire quality ecosystem for health so it's just that um, we we those two all these acts should have been like we do, we should have had five acts passed if we were to be successful but then uh we know that once this act also passes it will uh, ensure that patients are also receiving quality services because it's one thing to just receive services but it's another thing also to receive quality services Mm -hmm. so at least with this body in place then uh, we will be able to guarantee quality of services and even we are looking at a situation where uh, where uh, when it comes to reimbursement, maybe we may reimburse based on quality. If you show that uh, we may say that this is a dispensary, oh. but it's a five-star dispensary, mm-hmm. and your reimbursements be be better than probably a two-star hospital, okay. so something like that, just to encourage the health health facilities to maintain high standards of quality. Okay, um,
0: doctor, we will take a short break uh, to pay some of our sponsors.
1: It's 7 o'clock and you're listening to 98.4 Capital FM with KCB Bank with 33 million customers, 1,315 ATMs, 3,153 agents and merchants across the African continent just to serve you. KCB Bank, for people for better.
0: Okay, and welcome back um, to Global Digest with myself, um, Labanon Ambisi, Davi Sayaga, and Irene Mwangi, and of course, we have a guest from <laughs> the Ministry of Health, um, Dr. As we have all been calling her, um, Elizabeth. Um, one of the thing things that I think also is coming up is you mentioned the whole the whole concept of we need to tell we need to tell the whole story. One of the things that people keep asking is so how d- how will my data be in will be will, how will it be captured? When is the registration starting, and how how will I know what to do when I show up in hospital?
2: Yes, that's a very good question, and that question is actually answered within the regulations because the, within the regulation we say that once the regulations are passed, within ninety days, mm-hmm. Kenyans will need to register. Just the way we register for elections, when you want to do elections, you do the, you know, countrywide registration. Who will be doing that registration? That will be the mandate of the social health authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they'll do the registration within, uh, you do the registration, and then now we look into the payment because we are seeing uh, if, you, if you look at the social health um, authority, it has three funds the primary health care fund which is uh, government-sponsored, or or let me just say, publicly financed. Then we have the Social Health Insurance Fund and the Emergency Chronic and Critical Illness Fund, which is also uh, uh, government-publicly financed. So for you to access the primary health care fund, which will be services offered in dispensaries and health centers, then you need to be registered. You you don't need to pay, because uh, uh, we are just saying you need to be registered, because w- one, we are saying this uh, this fund is meant for Kenyans. Yes. And it's meant for residents. So that is just one way of ensuring that the people who are coming to seek these services, which are free to the people but not to the government, uh, then that th- you're actually targeting the right people. Mm-hmm. So mass mm-hmm. registration will, will happen. That's, that's what um, I'm trying to get at.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, with elections, we usually see IBC mm-hmm. with their clerks mm-hmm. are stationed everywhere. Yes. With this, uh, in this instance, mm-hmm. um, we are talking about a body that, for all purposes, is not yet there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. When we, how will that body actually come into being? Will it, will we see this whole drama that we usually see of uh, public advertisement, a selectional panel, and people have to be to be vetted and then they sit down for another 90 days also? and before you know it we are in december and no one knows the status of their health coverage like just walk us through yeah. how that how that whole process will will take place
2: so remember we said we'll we have a transition committee already in place that has already started working mm-hmm. so that by the time uh these regulations are uh taking effect then we'll have the necessary uh i would say resources and by resources, I don't mean just financial. I mean also human resource to do the work because it is clear that once the regulations are in place, within ninety days—that is, the, that's what is in the, within the regulations—within ninety days we need to register. We need to register the people. Mm-hmm. So that—that that is the process that will be there. Once you are registered um, within 14, fourteen days, then there'll be communication back to you on the status of your registration. You know, even when it comes to, uh, I still, if I, I may just give an example. Still with the elections, following registration, you still get within some days. Yeah. You are it's actually confirmed that now you are in the database and all that, mm-hmm. and the regulations provide for that. But within fourteen days, a communication. It could be, you could get the communication after one day, after two days, but it's within 14 days Mm -hmm. uh, that you'll get this communication. And thereafter, you should be able to uh, start accessing, you know, the services. Uh, During this time also, we are looking at having, you know, uh, contracts with uh, health facilities because the existing contracts with NHIF have a different package you know, have a different, different entitlements, but you're saying for social health authority, you have different entitlements and different arrangements. So you'll need new contracts with the health facilities so that by the time uh, you, you register and probably pay, then you should actually, there's no waiting period. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing I needed to say. Once you register, you pay, you should be able to access services immediately.
3: Now Th- there is this clause um I- in the regulation which talks about uh barring um Kenyans from accessing public services should they not be in correct books in terms of paying um the funds to to share in the in this in this case. I know the matter is is still in court but I will want to understand what informed that particular regulation given that it 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 almost attributes to discrimination of some sort
2: so uh you know if we if we say that uh the social health insurance is mandatory then you need to say how will you ensure or how can you enforce that it's mandatory i'm sure you even you irene if your employer was not deducting your your NHIF, the 1700, because I'm sure you're within that, the bracket of 1700. If your employer was not deducting the 1700, you'll never have paid that 1700. So for the formal sector, uh, how come no one says that uh, that is discriminatory? Because you just wake up one end of the month, your 1,700 is gone. So we are seeing everyone, even in the informal sector, they should also be mandated to to contribute because at the end of the day you are uh, when you're not healthy uh you still bring the burden to even those who have contributed who have been contributing you know faithfully so we are really hoping that that matter be lifted mm-hmm. so that it can actually be mandatory we can be able to enforce that but maybe on on that we are also saying that our the, the proposed package is quite quite good yeah, it's quite uh, you know comprehensive and they like. If Kenyans can be able to appreciate that, then probably they should. You may not even uh, need to to force them or mandate them or try and enforce. They'll just be like, oh, this is a good thing. Uh, if I'll be able to get all this, then uh, it's worth paying. Th-
3: the reason why I'm saying that, Dr. is because um, the same regulation speaks about. Let's not look even in the formal sector, maybe informal. It talks about using a uh, measuring testing instrument to get to gauge um, who will pay 300, who will not pay at all, as as the president is uh, busy um, telling Kenyans that a certain cadre of people who are from poor households will not be able to pay anything. So how will this MTI, um, te- the measuring the testing mm-hmm. instrument, get to uh, put Kenyans in the different cadres and also, how will it be reviewed? Because today, I might be able to pay 300, but maybe in six months' time, I cannot afford that 300. And if I don't pay it, then it means I might not access certain public services because I'm put in a certain um, um, th- in a certain kind of payment. How will that be be balanced? So,
2: uh, first of all, it's called the means testing instrument. And this means testing instrument has been used in different sectors for, for a long time. It's just that I think for the health sector, we have made a lot of noise about this means testing. If you look at social protection, for, for them to be able to identify which people need, say, the services like the inuajami Jami and all that, they use the means testing instrument to gauge uh, what is someone's means you know, and based what on the means...
0: L- what do you mean by someone's mean? Maybe if you could break it down mm-hmm. in the sense that what is in that... What mm-hmm. are you looking at? What is in that uh, compartment? What are the criteria or the variables yeah. that you're looking at? Is it what someone earns? How many children they have? Mm-hmm. Where they live? Stuff like that.
2: So, w- still, once again, all the answers are in the regulations. That's <laughs> the good thing. Because mm-hmm. the regulations talk of... you We, we look at household characteristics uh you know and um basically household characteristics and y- uh, y- uh and based on those household characteristics we may be able to say that you fall within uh within this category Can have done it i mean all the t- they do it all the time mm-hmm. just based on how you answer certain questions uh they are able to put you in a in a given uh, uh category and based on that then uh, your means will be determined. Now back to your question around poverty not, uh, not being a fixed uh m- being a moving target. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one for the uh for the informal sector we have said they'll pay their premiums will be paid once a year. Okay. So at uh, the state you have got today is the state at least that one will cover you for the for the rest of the year and probably as you if by the end of that, uh, by the because you could also have got more wealth yeah. or more wealthy, <laughs> or mm-hmm. you could have become, uh, you know, poorer. Mm-hmm. So based on that, at least uh, a review of of the same can be done, mm-hmm. and an assessment made to see whether you are within uh, the the same. You know means uh, you know the same whether you are within the same le- let me say income bracket so to speak. So they,
3: they do an application say at the end of uh, the year if they feel they are not mm-hmm. within you know the 300 category they mm-hmm. can make an application to say I think I can't afford this maybe. Yes. then uh, we
2: can we can redo the means testing and say okay based on that then you you are you, are, you maybe you fall in a different category and remember. Still, for the for the for the poor, as I said, it's it's not that it's not that they won't pay. Of course, they won't pay, but the government will pay. So there is a payment w- that will be made against you know against them.
1: What are some of the things that the authority will do to ensure that there are no potential increases when it comes to costs uh, while accessing healthcare using this fund?
2: Mm, what do you mean by uh, increases in costs? <laughs>
1: additional charges when you mm-hmm. go to a hospital to seek other services mm-hmm. using the fund, mm-hmm. but uh, at some uh, during the process of seeking some services, you get maybe, for instance, to be given another charge mm-hmm. which is not covered in the fund. So what are some of the things that the authority will do to ensure that a patient seeking services at any given hospital will not be able to p- to be subjected to an additional fund?
2: So a charge, uh, rather. Yes, sorry. And, and that's... Once again within the, the regulations we have put what you call the benefit package the benefit package will have prizes to them we will have a cost uh, what you call tariffs so uh if I anyone will know that a normal delivery and that's the transparency we are trying to bring into the authority because previously you couldn't even know what will be paid you know you don't know your limits you don't know you know the cost of a service mm-hmm. but in this case we have listed and we'll say if it's outpatient service uh, the authority is paying this for the outpatient service if it's a cesarean section it will pay this so if you are told okay your bill is 50000 for a cesarean section and probably we are paying 60000 then you'll ask okay so how is it yet there Regulations clearly state that I should be within this other bracket. So I think those are some of the transparent, uh, transparent moves that you are bringing into the authority so that at least we can be held accountable. You talk about... You talk about allow, me,
0: allow me to go mm-hmm. to take a short break. Okay. And then we'll be back after this... Um, And welcome to Global Digest um, with myself, Laban Onambisi, um Devi Sayaga, and Irene, and Daktari. Uh, please <laughs> just say your name because everyone keeps on, on figuring out, trying to wonder who is yeah. this Daktari. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Wangia. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, and today we are talking about the... Only issue that has been on everyone's mind: When is the the the, the social health insurance fund kicking into place? And Dr. has been kind enough to basically walk us through that whole process. Before we went on a break, Davis had um, a question that he wanted to put um, on to Dr. Tari.
1: He was speaking about transparency and on some of the things that the authority will be doing will be putting in place to ensure that there's transparency and there's no corruption corruption in kenya is something that it's like it's become part of us what are some of the things the ministry and the authority will be doing to ensure that this shift this new fund will not get to be riddled with corruption because we we've had numerous stories of nhif of how employees and f- officials who are involved in craft more uh, practices when it comes to shift what are some of the things that will be d- done differently to ensure that there's a bit of transparency and there's no corruption in, in the new fund yes
2: yeah, so uh, the first thing um i would the first thing is around digitization i told you we have said that uh the social health authority will be largely digitized, and we want to use a lot of um, even AI to really pick out some of these things uh, quite early, because uh, I know I- I you have had even on you know within social media and all that that even the president has said it before that you find some small facilities being paid or doing s- uh, surgeries. Close to KNH, mm-hmm. yeah, or you find maybe a, a county, say in Matsabit, I'm not saying it's Matsabit, seeing more patients than Kiambu. So, you know, if you have a robust digital system, you'll be able to pick some of these things really quick. You won't wait for it to be a news headline. Like in one day, you'll be, you You may see, you may question as to how, uh, how come a facility probably has done quite a number of surgeries or quite a number of. Um, Maybe be seen quite a number of patients then we are seeing even for the even for the providers they I would say the doctors will be okay. linking each service to uh, their you know their uh, uh, to the within the medical you know the medical council so each service will be attached to a provider mm-hmm. whether it's a clinician or uh, you know a doctor clinical officer so at that point if any say if any fraud happens you can clearly attach it to to this uh to this provider and that one is still around the digitization the other thing i talked about at the beginning was just separating different functions you know if you have a different board different bodies d- doing different functions like now we have a dispute um we have a clear way of doing dispute uh, uh resolutions uh which is out of there i, w- I would say more or less independent, and that actually helps because if there is any issue, a dispute can be had and it will be addressed. Then, not forgetting the heavy fines that are there within the the regulations. If you are if you are a provider and you are found to be fraudulent, then the fines are quite heavy. So I think those are some of the um, uh, those are the some of the things I would put. I would really say that. Um, that can help but then just as a country uh, you are saying corruption is in our dna we shouldn't keep saying that we should just because some things are actually in uh, you know in it's all about integrity integrity of the patient and mm-hmm. uh, integrity of the provider yeah because uh there there's just so much you can do also about about corruption but these are the some of the intentional ways uh, intentional uh, approaches that we have put in place at least to curb uh to curb that
1: i think i think part of part of that process of curbing Mm -hmm. corruption of the new fund was uh from from another point of view Mm -hmm. would be seen of when doing the recruitment because Mm -hmm. the new the current members of the national health insurance fund have been told they will be absorbed in the new fund once they apply so what are some of the things that the new authority will be looking when it will be uh recruiting these new members of the authority because there is a worried lot at NHIF who are concerned that there is a higher possibility of us not being absorbed in the new fund because of some of these issues that have been highlighted before, the issues of corruption, the issues of not being uh, uh, having integrity among others. So what mm-hmm. message are you telling the people at NHIF <laughs> that the possibility, the likelihood of you being absorbed in this new fund is still very high?
2: Yes, the, the the likelihood of being absorbed is high if their qualifications will meet the need of the authority. We have said the authority will come up with its own needs. Mm-hmm. If their qualifications meet the needs, then well and good. We know in many organizations, and I'm not only saying maybe NHF, I don't know, but even I'm sure in many organizations, probably even amongst you, people could have fake papers. You may be a worker, but you have uh, you have fake papers that's already an integrity issue. issue. So we won't bring in someone like that, even if probably they have, say, the experience, but uh, you came in on the wrong foot because bottom line, we look integrity. Yeah, so uh, still, I would like to say that if from the opportunities that will uh, will be presented uh, based on the establishment of uh, the authority, if there are openings and and people from n h i f have the qualifications, then they'll be given they'll be given priority, but you may also have the qualifications, but probably on this end we just need two of you, but on this other side you are five then we may have to see how can we um then the remaining three uh how what what will the remaining three decide to do do they want to be posted in another government agency or do they want to take there um
3: to go home with a package okay yeah Talking about corruption, we have KEMSA, um, which is integral in terms of ensuring that SHA um, gets to offer health services to Kenyans and for to a very great extent, um, KEMSA has failed the universal health coverage in terms of uh, poor uh, down, uh, t- turnaround in terms of offering the medical supplies and also the corruption that has been there at KEMSA. How are these two organizations uh, going to work together, given that the monopoly of um, ensuring supply uh, of medicines to hospitals is is at KEMSA?
2: So first, KEMSA, as you correctly say, uh, is the one that supplies uh, counties. Uh, county facilities, even national level facilities it 's the main procurement actually it 's the procuring entity uh, for the ministry for the Ministry of health. We know for any service delivery to happen, two key things have to be put in place: commodities, which we call medicines, but medicine supplies, we call them health products and technologies, and human resource now uh, KEMSA, so to speak, uh, even if you look at their, um, uh, their history and even their performance over the years, they have been a, a, a success. Uh, they have been a success over the years um, and have been acknowledged even by uh, quite a number of, um, you know, uh, renowned uh, bodies. And for them to supply, they need to be paid. So there's that whole cycle. Yeah, so they supply say a county, then the county, you know, pays for them to be able to restock. So sometimes you may find that probably some of those payments, you you may have delays in the payment. Uh, we remember sometime last year when uh, say counties didn't receive their resources uh, from uh, the exchequer, till it was uh, a big issue. Yeah. They can only pay also when they have received the resources. So you see, it's more or less like a, almost like a vicious cycle. But mm-hmm. I can assure you that over the last year or so, what you call the order fill rate. Uh And what, what is an order fill rate? Order fill rate means I order 10 items and you're able to supply me 10 items. Mm-hmm. Those are, that, that's a 100% order fill rate. The order fill rate moved from around 26%. To around 68 percent so we may not we may say that we are we may not be there probably where we want mm-hmm. but from you know with proper governance and even seeing just encouraging you know th- even the counties to pay and all that then we should be able to uh improve uh the order field rates mm-hmm. in terms of payments to hospitals what are some of the things the authority
1: will be doing because like yesterday, there was a report which, uh, like Makati Hospital, NHIF owes it some money, which which runs into millions, and in the lo- and that has a f- really affected the hospital in the manner in which it is delivering services to the people who are seeking services from there. For this new authority, what, how different will it be in terms of ensuring that there is timely payments to these hospitals that will be offering the services contained in a particular package? under the fund.
3: Also, and we will um, shall take over the liabilities of NHIR yeah, for yeah, now. Yeah. What will happen in that case?
2: So, let me start with the last question, maybe because it's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we say that on the appointed, d- appointed day, which I said was 22nd of November, all assets, all liabilities that were for NHIF automatically become for Mm sure. But then, of course, there is a whole process of transferring. But as it is, NHIF cannot say that they have this asset or, or, you know, this liability. Right now, all assets, all liabilities that were vested in NHIF will now be uh, vested in uh, the Social Health Authority. Now, in terms of the payment of the claims, there is... That's why we have a claims office. You know, within NHF, there, there was no claims office. So we have this uh, a whole claims office that will be working around just assessing the claims and possibly, um, you know, reviewing the claims for payment. Remember, not all claims can also be paid because say if you have offered a service that's outside the benefit package and you're claiming, it won't be, it won't mm-hmm. be paid. Mm-hmm. So within the claims assessment, you have to look at the claims assessment uh, look at a claim and see, w- w- is this claim, was this service within the package to start with? Was it within, ac- in accordance to what the clinical guidelines say? I will say maybe you: if a diagnosis is malaria, mm-hmm. then you have an x-ray, say, of your foot. <laughs> Don't expect that that x-ray of the foot, which was in the package, it's offered in the package, but it's, it's not in alignment with with the diagnosis. So all that, and that's why uh, claims is a really big, uh, big area. Uh, and once, because now you need also that time to do claims verification. And just back to uh, digitization, we look at a time. We may not be there from uh, for a start, but as we uh, uh, as we grow and it's, and things get better, we look at how can we use AI to even detect some of these things. You just you know, put in the clinical guidelines and when a claim is, you know, you know lodged, it can quickly uh, assess and say that this this treatment was according to the guideline because we have clinical guidelines. So I think those are some of the areas that we, we put in place. The period for payment of the claims is also within uh, the regulations in terms of the expectation of uh, when claims should be paid. And therefore, even as a as a facility, then if they feel aggrieved over one or two issues around the claims, maybe if a claim has been delayed or it hasn't been paid because it has been felt or it has been said to be uh, not in line, then they can go to the dispute resolution uh, body and have that resolved. Okay. yeah, I mm, m- 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 the really uh, yeah, yeah, the the burning one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask about <laughs> the,
3: the emergency and the chronic fund. Um how how will that be managed in terms of when somebody is seeking treatment especially for cancer outside the country? Because you have had complaints at the Kenyatta University Teaching and Referral Hospital. At some point they did not have enough medication and therefore su- Kenyans felt like it's better for some of these chronic ailments to seek them outside the country. What happens when our institution fails and now we have to go abroad?
2: uh we're really hoping that our institutions don't fail us uh so that we take people abroad okay. and take our resources out of the country uh, but we also we have given a provision for treatment abroad and the provision for treatment abroad is that one the service shouldn't be offered in Kenya for you to be able to get a service out uh, out of the country you need you need there is a whole process of uh going abroad but then you need to show that actually that service is not in Kenya. Okay. So uh once that is done then at least that should uh should uh, should cater for uh for that uh that particular area. Or probably maybe there is a long waiting time. Uh you have been told okay you will wait for 6 months. There could be a, I mean you know you you cannot just say that it you know everything is of course, there are uh, rules and limits, but then also there are those justifiable uh, justifiable reasons. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you're parting short, Tari, to convince Kenyans as to why really the new social health insurance fund will be beneficial to all of us, if, uh, uh, even as you rally up for uh, good enrollment when that process comes up.
2: So my parting short is one, we are, all this is for the sake of solidarity. Each and every Kenyan has been in our WhatsApp group where they have contributed for people to seek care. But this time we are saying if the larger population is able to enroll in the social health insurance so that at least we have this pool of resources and we are able to offer the services uh, to Kenyans, then it will protect me it will, and it will protect you. And at the end of the day, Given that there is also a strong emphasis within this uh, the the authority funds on preventive care, then uh, we are seeing a situation where Kenyans will be healthy. They'll be able to build the economy. The social capital will grow, and at the end of the day, uh, the economy actually grows because we uh, we become you know will be a healthy nation. So with that, so we are really uh, hoping the package is good. Uh, for most Kenyans, it's the same package for everyone. Mm-hmm. We are here together. It's solidarity. <laughs>
0: okay. And on that note, we come to the end of Global Digest with a local spin. Uh, for the <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Lee, thank you very much for making time for us yeah, and for really um, making um, all of the the points a bit clearer. For the listener, you are, I hope you are much more informed in regards to the health, the reforms in the healthcare, um, in the healthcare sector. And with that, we come to the end of the show. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, Davis will be coming back with the news in a few minutes. Good night.